How's it going? Welcome into another episode of Farm to Fame. I am Kelsey Wingert. That is Peter Moylan. That is Maddie Mass. These are the New York Mets. Um, how's everybody doing? I'm great. I just got back from Charleston. Literally okay. just got back from Charleston. Uh, got out of the car and into the pod seat. So I am really well prepared for today and going to rely very minimally on the two of you. Awesome. We, we okay. love to hear that. Maddie, how are you doing? Good day. Are you crooked or is the banana holder crooked behind you? That's, that's not a question I thought I'd ever hear on this podcast. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's definitely crooked. Okay. How are now you? Now that's, now we're good. Now we're good. Now the we're, sun's now good. gone, which is great. Yeah. We had big sun rays in your eyes earlier. Yeah, we learned no recording between 6.20 and 6.40. Kelsey, you, it could be six in the morning or midnight and you look exactly the same, which is stunning. Uh, Peter. Obviously, I am the beast of the relationship, and uh, I did just come from the beach, so I don't care how I look. You're tan, I feel, fresh tan. I feel, I feel tan. I do feel tan. Mm. And you got the white shirt on to really complement the tan. And just in case, I've got the white hat just so that, yeah. and the white teeth. So yeah, oh. yeah, baby, let's go, let's go, let's go. He just mentioned a hat. This is not an ad. Chomboy just on the website on Jumbo Media, they just launched the sickest line of gear and it's like clean, crisp. It's kind of swaggy. It's a little bit, there's a little bit more sauce on these tenders than there are in the normal store. They did not ask us to say this. This stuff's actually sick. Peter just it bought is. like the entire store. I did just buy the entire store. Well, my wife bought a little bit of it, but yeah, she bought, we bought a lot. Um, yeah. So we're going to be rocking a lot of JM stuff. That's great. Hey, we got to talk about some baseball. 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 I am holding the New York Mets today. Hold on. Mm. How are you, Kelsey? Hey, I am doing. You great. had a good weekend? I had a great weekend. I had a girls' night at Chateau Elan. Saw that. Um, which is like so much fun. Um, but I went with my friends Ella Dorsey and Natalie Foltz. McCann, mm -hmm. she's, she's married to Brian McCann's brother, Brad McCann. Mm. Flex. And yeah, they're both in the industry. Get along really well. We had a great, we had a great, great weekend. And then uh, a long day at church yesterday. Mm. So it was good. Night of worship, baptisms. We love it. But thank you for asking. I worshipped the sea yesterday and today. Hey, there's Maui. no better place to be than the beach. Actually, I, mm. this is Ooh. a subject that we could really get into because okay. I grew up on the beach, right? Okay. If you are heading to the beach with the purpose of getting in the waves and like body surfing, boogie boarding, surfing, being in the water and being mm. active, I think that's a great place to be. If you're looking to just relax and chill and just lay out and jump in the water to cool down and just lay out and catch some rays, there is no better place than a hotel pool. Oh. Because you don't have to deal with the sand. You don't have to deal with the wind. You don't have to deal with idiots well you do but oh. usually they're cut off at the door you know what i mean like so it, i it's... get it i get right. it but if i'm at like turks and caicos or the virgin islands like which is where i like to go i like to see the water so i don't go to the pool i was in charleston it's beautiful <laughs> okay don't get me wrong all expenses i promise we're going to talk about baseball we have a lot of baseball to talk about but peter's got my mind here you get a all expenses trip vacation to anywhere you want. Okay. Maddie Mass. Mauritius. Oh, Peter already knew his answer. Mm, Mauritius. What was it? Mar Mauritius? Mauritius. Mauritius. That's what I thought you said. What? What is that? Just look it up. Well, explain it. Can't even well, spell it. I'm, I can't explain it. I'm definitely not going to spell it. It is a destination island. Kind of like a kind of like a Bora Bora. Yes. Yes. That sort of place. Okay. Spoiler alert. My all expenses paid vacation is to Bora Bora and one of or the Maldives on over on one of those over the water hats. I have enough Marriott points for one night. I just have to buy the flight. To get it's like it's where the Maldives are, I think, to be honest with you. Oh, it's and probably beautiful. Yeah. 
It is really nice. Maddie Mass, where are you going? Atlantic City. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to go to Barcelona to see a Barcelona Madrid game. That's been I actually big I sports went, guy. I went to the stadium where the old stadium where they used to play. And sorry, no, that's wrong. I was in Barcelona and I went to an old stadium where they used to do the bullfighting. That was the stadium that I went to. That was impressive enough. And they've now turned that into a shopping mall. So it's like the same sort of, because, you know, you kind of into that. Yeah, it was really cool. Right, shocker, you're into shopping? That's, that's crazy. <laughs> no way. Was there any baseball this week? Yeah, this is a baseball just... <laughs> podcast. We got to talk about baseball. Um, there's a lot to talk about in today's opener segment. I don't even know where to, where to really start, but I think the shortest conversation we're going to have is about Yermi Mercedes and whatever the heck and Bob happened with him. Yeah. Uh, was hinting towards re- retirement on Instagram. And then he officially retired on Instagram. And then he came back in, like, hit a bunch of home runs. Right. I don't know what's happening. Did Tony La Russa have a conversation with him? I'm, I'm assuming, but is that what, like... Look, from what I understand, that's what was said in an article, was that Tony La Russa said at the end of an interview, you know, it's been a... Something along the lines of it's been an up and down. Yeah, I'll have a chat to him. Like, I'll have a chat to him. I'll fix everything, basically. And I'm and I, in the back of my head, I'm like, Tony, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm, I'm not sure that you're the man for the job, to be honest. Um, you know, there's been a little bit of uh, give and take in that relationship throughout the course of the year, just a little bit. So I would probably rely on someone else to do that. But there was a, a stat on Twitter that said that before he was yelled at by his dad, he was hitting 344 with six homers in 139 plate appearances. And after he was reprimanded for being himself, he hit 190 with one home run in 118 appearances. Um, so, I don't know. It's not the, it, that is not the absolute reason why he is struggling or did struggle in the big league level. But, you know, you have a guy that's thriving in an environment and loving life and all of a sudden one little thing and it's it's like well you've just fucked with what the spark was like maybe that was your spark but the the white Sox are still winning and they're gonna probably add at the trade deadline too so it's not like they got eloy back today they got eloy back today so it's like it's they're trending in the right direction yeah even with all the bullshit that's going on around them yeah which means they're a good clubhouse honestly When we were in Denver and we went down the line of when we were doing like the panel for the the Q&A for the uh, VIP fans who came to the watch party, we had to give our World Series predictions. And I said Mets versus White Sox. But I can't remember who I took. (laughs) I think I took the White Sox in six. I feel like I I would have remembered if I took the Mets. I I said Padres, White Sox, and I said Padres in six. Oh, and I'm feeling happy about that trade, by the way. <laughs> we'll talk about the trade right now. All you need to know about Yermi Mercedes is that he was alluding to retirement. He retired on Instagram and then he came back and he's, he's doing really well since he's been back. Okay. So the next thing in our opener segment is going to be the ESPN article that June Lee wrote. And yes, Peter, about the angels. I was going to say, I don't know if you had time to read it, but if you didn't, yeah, did. that's totally yeah. fine. I did. And I can talk from it from a guy that was in the minor leagues but from a different perspective all right well let me give the things that like stand out to me the most for people who okay. didn't read the article and then you just dive in okay. so essentially they interviewed some minor league players for the angels and yeah. they just kind of i mean threw the angels under the bus but maybe they should be thrown under the bus because the the pay is so wild but one of the players kieran lovegrove plays for are Rocket City Trash Pandas, baby. We love them. He said that he is living with six other teammates in a three-bedroom apartment, sleeping on a twin mattress with one person sleeping in the kitchen and two others in the living room. And that's pretty standard. Yeah, and there's people that are living in their cars. There are people living in trailer parks for these baseball organizations. And then another thing they're saying is, you know, when you're an athlete, you have to be having a high protein intake. You need to be having a high caloric intake to make make up for everything that you're losing, that they're only fed like 1200 calories a day. And I mean, the stuff that he came was stuff that we've heard before, but it was in such detail and it was so powerful because it's coming from a current player living through this and saying like, yeah. this is my life right now. Mm-hmm. 
Was there, what else did I miss? That was really cool in there. The, not cool. That was no, no, not cool, but that was the gist of it. And that's, so my experiences, right? I first come over here as a 17 year old. I am living at a home for the first time. I'm living in a hotel. I'm getting all my meals supplied and I'm living in a hotel, obviously, but I have to pay for it out of my board, out of my, out of my check. I was making $850 a month in rookie ball. But when they took all the expenses out, we got paid every two weeks. My check was $123 every two weeks. Wow. So it was tough sledding in rookie ball, but we had a housing, we had housing and food provided at a budget because they were buying it in bulk and giving it to all of us. So we still have a little bit of spending money. It was livable, right? Fast forward to the next time I come over to the minor leagues, I'm in AAA. I've signed as a free agent. I'm making $10,000 a month. And I'm able to go and get my own apartment, right? So that's yeah. the disparity. So you, the first time you get to AAA, I think you're making $2,250 a month, of which you have to then feed yourself, clothe yourself, or you know maybe buy some clothes if you need them. You have to housing. You have everything that's involved with normal expenses of living, but you're making $2,200 a month um, and you only get paid for six months out of the year. So... Like it's, it's just so, it's such a shitty pay rate when you break it down hours wise that it's like, it's hard to justify the ignorance from teams, honestly. Yeah. And I mean, I know I saw there was an article that um, the Astros, like their AAA affiliate we've talked about in my hometown, the Sugarland Skeeters, they're providing housing, like an apartment yeah. um, for all of the players. It's the which- only way that it, that anyone can survive on the pay scale before you become a free agent and sign a, a deal that I signed when I came back. What year did you say you were making 10,000 a month? That was 2006. Now there's guys in AAA that make 15, 18, 20, 22, 25,000, wow. 30,000 a month. Okay. You know, there are guys in AAA that are making good money, but it's the younger guys that have come up and haven't played their seven years yet, they're the guys that are scuffling. They're the guys that are just like, you have to get through this contract at this shitty rate and live like a human being and hopefully get to the big leagues where everything changes. The difference even between, the difference between skill level, between AAA and the big leagues is consistency. Mm-hmm. The difference in pay is fucking astronomical and it shouldn't yeah. be. If you were to walk into any big league clubhouse, would all of those players say that minor leaguers should be making more, even if that might affect what what you make as a big leaguer? Like, would now, big leaguers be willing to give up any kind of money to help minor leaguers? Kelsey, it's not even about that. It is, why should the big leaguers have to give up? We're talking about mm-hmm. billionaire owners that are, that, are, that are rolling in cash. Like, it shouldn't be that the players have to give it up in order to give it. They would 100%. Because it would take a million dollars off a trout contract to be able to feed and house the minor leagues. Yeah. So it's like For we're talking whole about organization. We're talking about such minuscule amount of money when when you talk about the grand scheme of things. This is what's so frustrating when you look at baseball, right? I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but this is what's frustrating because you look at baseball and you're like, "There's so much money," but there's so much disparity between the minor leagues and the big leagues. It's it's just. Every single big leaguer would say 100% that they would give up cash to make their lives better, but they it, it just won't happen. It won't happen that way. Teams teams are ignorant to it. Teams are just, they they have the law on their side for somehow. Like it's, it, they've taken it to court. Minor leagues don't have a players union. There's there's no one, there's now a couple of guys, ex-players that are, that are, are trying to fight it, but I don't know if it's winnable. Like I really don't. I just think that it's it's in, like it's another big old and I'm, we're going. It's like it's like trying to fight Amazon. Really, it's like what's yeah. the point? Really. Woo. So that's the Angels article, <laughs> but the article was written by June Lee. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. It's J O O N. But it was a really good article. A lot of details in there. So yeah, read it. Third thing on the docket and the opener, and this is just a quick one, Peter, the Guardians. Love it, Awful. hate it, you hate it. Also, John Boy found out, and I think is now common knowledge, that it's the name of a yeah. both male and female roller derby league or team in Cleveland. So research department, 
just decided to just say not type it into Google and see what came up or what? I mean, would that serve them any threat? Like would any team be able to? Uh, if there's a registered name, they can do whatever they want with that name. That's okay. their name. Hey, go on. We'll see what happens. So we'll see what happens. They're the Guardians now. I see what they did there. Indians, Guardians, keeping those final letters the same. Um, yeah. Okay. The, the biggest news in baseball this week was Adam Frazier to the Padres. Adam Frazier leads all of baseball and hits this year. He's second in batting average. I think he's hitting like 327. Yeah. Um, he was an all-star this season. He was a gold glove finalist in 2020. One of the best bats on the trade market this year. He's had a career year and he's been a part of the, the pirates for a really long time. So first, and then Pittsburgh is also sending 1.4 million to the Padres. So that's what the Padres are receiving before we talk about what the pirates are receiving. How do you think Adam Frazier fits in to the Padres? I think it's going to be a mess early on. I don't know what they're going to do with all those bats, but it's a great problem for them to have. I just don't, I don't, I, I see what they're doing. I don't know how they were able to pull it off sort of so calmly. There was no, I felt like it was just, well, there's, he's the best bat available and he's gone second trade in the whole really trade period. So it's like, here's what I said to Maddie before you came on. I don't care what happens at the trade deadline. All I hope is that, Whoever receives becomes one of the top eight teams in the league so we can have a really cool playoff. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything else. Like, honestly, that's what I'm – I obviously hope the Braves do amazing because – and Kansas City held a special place in my heart. But I just want to see good baseball at this point. Yeah. It's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm a fantasy player and I just want to see all the best players on the best team and I just want to see them play off. Yeah. Sounds kind of crazy because it's, it's, it's a complete – different way of thinking to what I normally would say about the subject, which I would like all teams to be competitive. And, but if they're not going to be right, if we're going to have tanking and we're going to have all the rest of it, then why not just have two trade deadlines and just pile up all the superstars on the, the a couple of teams and make it a free for. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of like what the Padres and Dodgers have been right. doing. Anyway. Exactly. I, I'm just very curious to see how he fits in. Um, with the yeah. Padres. He's second baseman so, for the Pirates. Exactly. Uh, I'm assuming he's versatile, at least on the infield. Um, but Jimmy and Jake said that, mentioned that, you know, he hasn't started any games in the outfield, but he's finished some in the outfield. So he's got some familiarity out there. I mean, he's an athletic looking guy. So I just feel right. like he could. Yeah, but here's the issue with baseball in 2022 is we've got so many guys playing out of their normal positions. When did we get to 2022? I don't know. Where are we? We're in 2020, aren't we? Did We're I really 2020. say 2022? <laughs> Did I really just say that? You said, I thought you said 2022, like <laughs> T-O-O, but... As in also. Right. But then you like, were not in 2020, 2021. But right. then Kelsey said we are in 2020. <laughs> yeah. So we're going, this know what's is good. Going this is good. Okay. My point was... The issue that I'm finding with a lot of teams is that they're stacking the bats and not so worried about defensive, right? They're thinking that they can just move everybody around and, and, and they can, they can by shifting, they can do away with whatever fielding negativity a player that they're getting might have. Does that make sense? So by getting Frazier, they're now going to have to put him in a position that he's not really like, he might be a great utility guy, but everyone has their, preferred position and mm-hmm. nobody gets to play it at the moment it's like well we know you love third base but left field is really really need you and they're like Fuck. yeah all right well i guess i'll play left field there goes my chance to win i really want to win a gold glove at third base so i really want to win a gold glove at second base and now i can't because i'm all over the place and you know it's like that's playing into it now too it's it's the confusion of you know you don't know what lineup's going to be but is is that the new way we're playing baseball in 2021 which is now Absolutely. for everyone. That is the current year. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I did see on Twitter that was Don't reported, you say it. Don't you say it. If you mention that the H word and the T word in the same sentence. Okay, go ahead. H and T word. Go ahead. I'm nervous now. Go ahead and say what you're going to say. Okay. 
it was reported that the Padres felt great about the trade because they felt like the three prospects who were about to get to that they gave up for Frazier weren't any of their super coveted prospects. Like they felt like they were able to hold on to their guys while getting a guy who's leading the league in hits and hitting 329 on the year. And that's a great, that is a great way to spin it. What I read was that they're looking to trade Eric Cosman. Oh, I did see those tweets. Yeah. So I was like, man, like what? Couldn't figure out what the E and the H were. Yeah. It was a H and a T, but mm. you can throw an E in there if you want. E. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that is what the Padres are getting. Yeah. So just adding a great bat, consistent bat into their mm-hmm. lineup and another one. Yeah. Another one. Do you think they need to get a reliever or a starter? Yes, they're Padres. both. Hundred percent both. Really? Do we? And that's guess... why the Hosmer thing was like, do we just throw Hosmer? This is what do we throw Hosmer in with some cash, and get a starter and a reliever from the same team? When I think of Padres pitching, my first two thoughts are Blake Snell hasn't been having a season that I would expect him to. And then if I think of the bullpen, I think Mark Melanson has been the best closer in baseball. Have I missed right. something? Is Mark Melanson? There's got to be like a bridge to Mark Melanson. No, no, no. There's got to okay. be a bridge to Melanson though. Like it's, yeah. you look at the playoff teams for the last. I mean, you want a good setup guy, but. You need a good bullpen this day and age because you need to have one of two. You need to have either the three dominant starters and a closer, or you need to have two dominant starters and three really good bullpen arms to cover. Look at yeah. what the Braves did a couple of years ago when they went out and got Green Melanson and, and uh, O'Day. Shane and Green. they got three relievers in, at one trade deadline. It was like, holy shit, now we go. And they like filled the clubhouse with, with energy. Yeah. And this is what these trades do. This is the part that fans may not like think about is that as a person sitting there in a team that's kind of either on the borderline of, of being a playoff team or you know, they, can, they can see it, they can feel it, but they're missing a couple of pieces. If their GM goes out and grabs one of those pieces and goes, fuck yeah, boys, let's go. We're going for this thing. All of a sudden, the clubhouse is like, let's go. Like yeah. it gives you the second half, all of a sudden gets a kick in the gear. And then the difference between playing baseball games in July, August compared to September, when you know that you're 30 games away from the finish line and you're three games out or you're one game up, but they're coming. Like, mm-hmm the purpose that you feel going to the field compared compared to July 7th when it's hundred degrees outside and you've just lost three in a row, you've given up three runs in your last four outings. You're just like, fuck. It's yeah. a, it's a grind, but yeah. yeah, that's, that's what they, that's what everyone plays for, obviously. But by the time this podcast is out on Wednesday, these deals might've happened, but there's a right. ton of talk about Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer today being dealt. Were the Padres linked to him at all? If they are, then, I mean, it's that's just silly. I retract everything that I said before. Could you see the Nationals trading Scherzer to the Mets? That's what I, that's another thing I was saying. Like, for, for years I had it in my head that, oh, no, you, you only trade to the other league. You know, you don't mm-hmm. make your own league better. It was almost like, a, I don't know if that was just my own rule that I made up in my head or what. I guess they traded Frenchie and Church back in 2007, I think it was. Brian Church for Jeff Francoeur back in 2007. Mets Braves, like one for one. It was kind of like a weird, weird trade that Frank Wren made. Um, one of the many that Frank Wren made. But um, um, yeah, so I, I don't know where he could go. He could go anywhere. Depends on the relationships of the GMs. Like it's, if, if all of a sudden... Rizzo and, and uh, Anthopoulos go out and have a few beers and they're like, fuck, you know what? You want Scherzer? Give me Drew Waters. And they're like, ah, all right, yeah, cool. Like, that's... I don't know how these deals go down. I'm assuming that's how it is. That and a bunch of fucking emojis on a text, I'm sure. So, <laughs> that's who the Padres getting. <laughs> the Pirates are getting three prospects, okay? Mm. It's headlined by the shortstop. That's Tusupita. Marcano. So he is the key guy. Um, He is their fifth overall prospect. I think he slots in as the Pirates' seventh overall prospect. Um, The other two prospects are Mitchell Melanio, and he's a right-handed pitcher and outfielder Jack Suwinski. 
So Marcano, Milanio, Suwinski to the Pirates. Like I said, Marcano's the headliner, key guy, sitting 272, six home runs, 26 RBI, and 44 triple A, triple A games. He had 25 big league games this season, only hit 182. Did y'all see the tweet that John Heyman sent out where it was like he copy and pasted a text that he got from like a like the GM or like somebody within the organization and forgot to change some of the pronouns? <laughs> he just copy and pasted it into a tweet. I didn't see it. So he tweeted, Tusapita Marcano was the key guy in deal for Pirates. He was the one we wanted. Ranked number five in Padres system and was not available during talks this offseason in Musgrove deal. He just forgot to change we to was the one right. they wanted. Um, yeah. But apparently that's who they wanted. Maybe he's just a big fan. Yeah. He's just Be curious we, to yay. see how they work him in with <laughs> O'Neill Cruz, our 6'7 shortstop. Melanio, I might be saying all these last names wrong. I hope he so. is. It makes for a way better pod. <laughs> an A-ball pitcher. He is two and two with a 360 ERA in 22 games this year. But one thing to note, 59 strikeouts in 30 innings, Peter. Mm. Another thing to note out, he was in rookie ball from 2017 to 2019. Three years in rookie ball. Is that normal? Uh, Kelsey. If you'd like to go to my baseball reference page and click on show minors, it would show Please that I spent three years in the Gulf Coast League. So, so it is normal. Not normal because I, I <laughs> wasn't developing. I wasn't developing back then very well. Okay. You got you have won the most improved award though. Most improved. Slow player. developed, slow developed player. <laughs> I was, yeah, I got the most oh likely gosh. to tell jokes award at every single yeah. Um, this guy's a reliever. He started in low A, was really good, was promoted mm. to high A, hasn't been good. Um, Sawinski, he is in double A, productive at the plate, outfielder. He's hitting 269, 15 home runs, 37 RBI in 66 games, 949 OPS. Um, so those are kind of the three prospects that the Pirates are getting back. Good for them. Hopefully, again, you know, we talk about maybe this will be the one that sparks a really exciting finish to the uh, to the trade deadline, but I, there is still a lot of needs and not as much to be, you know, there's only a limited amount of people that are available. So this is the cat and mouse game that I love about GMing that I, uh, you know, it's the, it's like being in sales. Do you, do you, do you call or do you just wait for them to call you or do you, it's exciting. It's like well, a drama. You really are going, you're, you're going down the road right now. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, Good. let's go ahead and get into our Rookie of the Year watch. And the Rookie of the Year watch segment is brought to you guys by Mansplain Baseball Elsewhere. What? Whoa. Okay, so if you haven't heard of them, if you're a Braves fan, you've probably heard of them for sure. If not, you can probably hear them speaking from the house without microphones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is Ashland, Emily, and Marla. Uh, we spent some time with Ashland, a lot of time with Ashland and Denver. Her and I um, were roomies and she knows baseball. Like all three of those women like no love sports. baseball and they sports. know it. Yes. And, and, and it's every level, like the way that Ashland was covering the college world series. I was like, dude, how do you have time to be covering it at this depth? on Twitter and then still having, she has a job, you know, like a normal mm. full-time job. She has the podcast. They do numerous podcasts. Anyway, it's called Mansplain Baseball Elsewhere because it's mm -hmm. three amazing ladies. Yep. Um, they talk about Braves baseball. They talk about AL team updates and other big stories from around the league. Um, they get guests on their show, which do you guys like that? Because we don't know if we just start bringing guests on. So if you're looking for a deeper dive into like Braves baseball or three chicks who know baseball really well. Uh, mm. This podcast was made just for you folks. So yes. go ahead and check them out. Mansplain Baseball Elsewhere. You can listen to the podcast platform. I think it's every Tuesday, every Tuesday that their episodes come out. Rookie of the Year Watch, Trevor Rogers, Jazz Chisholm are two guys that we have talked about this whole time. They're both on the IL. Trevor did make a start this week on Tuesday versus the Nationals. He went five innings, gave up two runs, three walks. Mm. his ERA is now up to 237. He's still in the top 10. That's alarming. And 
he, I think he only threw 78 pitches. So it's not like his pitch count was super, super high for five innings. Um, but he has not gone six innings in his last five starts, but that could be the Marlins strategically doing that for sure. But he's on the IL. Jazz Chisholm's on the IL. Mm. Ion Anderson is on the IL. I did see Jazz on the mound, the BP mound, just yesterday or today. Was that so? I'm not overly concerned. Oh, yeah. If that was an injury that I'd be concerned about, then I wouldn't, I'd be, he wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I, I will get into that and the, okay. but we'll go deeper into it when we talk about injuries. But yeah, it's a super minor injury and he thinks okay. he'll be back when they start the next homestand versus the Yankees. Good, 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 good. Okay, Ion Anderson's on the IL. The other guys in the NL, Key Brian Hayes, last seven, hitting 241. He does have hits in five of his last six games. Um, he's hitting 263 on the season. I think Pirates fans kind of with him are like, man, he's not as having as great of a season as we thought he'd have, but like, we're not worried about him in the long run. Like he's fine. Right. Um, Jonathan India. I have an announcement to make. I have oh an announcement to make. I think that Jonathan India. Don't you really? Yeah. If Trevor Rogers um, is on at the same thought, I had the same. Come thought. on. Yeah. Think yeah. if if you if Trevor Rogers is battling injuries, like we'll have to see how long it takes him to come back from this. And when he comes back, if he's still only pitching limited what? What is Jonathan India's war at this very moment? It was to- 2.2. Yeah. So Trevor Rogers 3.1. Jonathan India is currently 1.7. Well, anyway, if Trevor Rogers starts kind of creeping down. I think Jonathan India is going to take over. He's hitting 277 on the season, eight home runs, 38 RBI. Doesn't really jump out to you, right? Like it's good. He doesn't have a ton of power, but he has some pop. RBIs are good, not super high. Batting average is good. But you need to go see what guys on the team say about him. Joey Votto? The yeah. things Joey Votto was saying about Jonathan India, um, and he made that same point that like his numbers might not stand out, but this guy is good and he's making wow. the team better. Jesse Winker was saying how he feels like every single time he walks up to the plate that Jonathan India is on first. He is an on base machine. Mm. So he's hitting 348 in his last seven with six walks to a home run, two RBI. But he took over. So it's not outlandish. I, it's not outlandish for you to say. An offense war can creep, can fly mm-hmm. up if you have a couple of big weeks. Yeah. I mean, they, his teammates, the Reds fan base, like people are falling in love with this guy. Good. Um, he ranks fourth in MLB with a 404 on base percentage. I mean, he's getting on and, and you see, there was a really funny tweet that Maddie, I'll need to send to you so you can put it on. But it was um, like a random fan tweeted it out. He was like, why do we like Jonathan India? And somebody responded like guys at the bar pounding their fist on the bar saying, because he gets on base. So he's not doing anything that's like overly exciting. He did have a big home run the other week, but like he's just getting on and being a spark for them. So that is my one of my predictions. Dylan Carlson, two run home run on Sunday. He had a pretty good week. He had 276, three home runs, four doubles, 10 RBI. Um, he's still hitting 253 on the year. Patrick Wisdom, I don't have anything on him. I just feel like we have to say his name. Has he done anything? Is he still, Not is in he his still last doing seven. anything? Okay. He well, hasn't stunned, stood out in his last seven, so I just didn't even write anything down. But okay. he's he's in the conversation. Okay. okay. AL. Adolis Garcia hitting 154 in his last seven, so we're not going to talk about him this week. Luis Garcia for the Astros versus the Indians. Six shoddy crawfish boxes, which is like a a website. They tweeted out since May 15th. He's seven and two with a 249 ERA across 61 and a third innings pitched over that period among pitchers with at least 60 innings since May 15th in the AL. He's second in ERA to Lance Lynn's 229. Okay. So, and Time to start taking notice. Yeah. Well, and not, I mean, not only because of those numbers that he's putting up, but he is, he has solidified a spot 
in a winning team's rotation that has a ton playoffs. of expectations right now. And he's a stud, like he's yeah. pitching well. And he's proving that he can go deeper into games more consistently now. That was the knock on him early. I have another question. Okay. Another hypothetical. Hmm. Justin Verlander. Yeah, when's he getting back? Is he a possible out of the bullpen option for the playoffs? Because it happened during the season last year. Did he have surgery immediately? That'll be the only factor. And I came back after 11 months after my first one. That was stupid, but he's also at the end and he's making $30 million this year. Maybe he might just want to say, you know what? For the chance of winning another World Series, let's see what we can do. Yeah. Am I talking crazy? When did he get it done? No, three days ago, the GM said that they're not counting his return out. I hadn't even read that. That's great. Now, the GM obviously can say things strategically, I guess, but. Yeah. Yeah, but is that dropping that, thinking that that's lowering their desperation to add at the trade deadline? Maybe that's what he's like throwing that out there saying, well, we don't really need, we haven't ruled out Justin as an option in September yet or whatever. Is that maybe what they're trying, the games that's being played? Who knows? I guess, Who yeah. Knows? Yeah. Okay. Y'all heard my prediction earlier, and my prediction came from our um, resident draft expert, Casey, okay. that Max Scherzer's going to the Houston Astros. That's Casey's okay. prediction. Well, that would fit all my stereotypical rules, too. So it's, it's I mean, it's what you're just saying. Like It has to happen. Yeah. Okay. So Luis Garcia happen. is officially in the conversations. We voted him in this week. Congratulations. Welcome to the list. Akil Badu, last seven. Mm. 276, Back. three home runs, Back. seven RBI. Peter. Back. Peter, are you ready yeah. for this? Yeah, tell me. Okay. So he's hitting, he has brought his season average up to 272. We love that. Like that's, you're, you're good now. We want you to get to 300, but you're good right now. With runners in scoring position this season. Yeah. yeah. Please guess what Akil Badu has done. Actually, don't because you might guess you might ruin it. Okay. Well, okay. Like thanks. if you said something higher, you or something. The good surprise on you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. With runners in scoring position this season, he's yeah. sitting three ninety one, with four doubles, two triples, three home runs, and thirty RBI. That's pretty good. With two outs and runners in scoring position, he's hitting 435. Okay, so. Bases loaded, I'm not done. Bases loaded, six for eight. Six for eight with 15 RBI. Clutch. Now you can state what you're gonna say. Maddie, guess. What did Maddie say? Guess what I just wrote down. What? Rookie of the year, Akil Badu. Uh, clutch. I'm not sure if you can read my chicken uh, scratching. Can't read anything. But clutch. So there's a there's an unmeasurable gene that some people have, and it's called the clutch gene. And I have witnessed it. Some people believe in miracles. I believe in the clutch gene. Okay. Because it is real. People have it. I've seen them use it. I didn't have it. I was okay. Like I did all right. But you know, I never had that moment. Those dudes that have those moments on a regular basis, they have the clutch gene because it takes so much mental strength to be able to just calm yourself to even realize where you are in those situations. I pitched in one playoff series in my whole fucking career <laughs> and it was the greatest three or four appearances in my life. And I was chasing that for the rest of my career because it was so awesome. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. But so, yeah, we love Akil Badu. Somehow I turned Akil Badu into a story about myself. And you know what? Another thing that I like that the Tigers are doing is at first. I just changed the camera so you get biceps in a little bit. <laughs> no big deal. Sorry. At first, they weren't playing him against left handed pitchers because he's not good against lefties. And now they want, they're putting him at the top of the lineup and they want him getting at bats versus lefties. And it's just like, wow, what a flipping concept to like you're not in it this year make them learn like while you can because this right. guy's going to be a stud and now not everybody getting... has to platoon and that was some of the problems that the Braves got into I mean it was just constant platooning I feel like the most consistent teams have consistent lineups or they're the Rays 
that's that's basically how it works, right? Yeah. So do you have any other thoughts on a Kilbadoo? He's awesome. And yeah. the, the comeback, and I think I mentioned this a couple of pods ago, but I mentioned it again. The fact that he didn't just go, a Kilbadoo has arrived. Ah, uh, shit. And he's he's gone. He's come back. He's dealt with adversity and he's come back again. So that's mm -hmm. congratulations. And that's brilliant for him. Yeah. When I was going through the rookie of the year race this week, I got hype. Like this is the first week. It's exciting, but I think it's because we're talking about different guys. Like we're also talking India, about congratulations on NL rookie of the year to Jonathan India. Can't wait to clip that whenever he gets announced. <laughs> Monday, July 26th. It says on my phone. So I'm not sure the awards are being announced tonight, Kels, but if they are. I really hope that he wins it and you get a clip that. I do uh, too. But yeah, Luis Garcia, uh, Akil Badu, Casey Mize didn't have a good start. I'm not going to okay. get into it. He's limiting. They're super limiting his innings. He was supposed to start being stretched back out a little bit this week. He went four and two thirds, four runs. He had four scoreless innings and then Peter's Kansas City Royals worked their way back into it. My Kansas City Royals. Thanks for bringing that up, Kels. You're welcome. I love how you allow me to turn every story or every every name into a story about myself. The only other guy in the AL, Randy Rosarena. Last, and normally I would skim over Fergie this. and Jesus. Peter, uh, normally I would skim over this, but you need to know that in his last seven, he's hitting 323 with two doubles, a home run, and five RBI. He okay. has three home runs in two games. He had a two home run game, and he has four multi-hit games this week nice so he's had a really good week and every other week he's kind of been like yeah randy rosarena hitting 240 in his last seven right, right, but like right, this right, week right. guys in the al stepped up and the end right. okay so we're pretending that um this is the week after the all-star game and we are doing our mid-season predictions and we're predicting rookie of the year and i am i'm going with it and now rookie of the year and I'm saying this, I think I'm comfortable saying this because Trevor Rogers is on the IL right now. My NL rookie of the year is Cincinnati Red, Jonathan India. Congratulations, Jonathan. My AL rookie of the year. Ooh. I'm going to give it to, I want to say Luis Garcia, but I feel like nobody's talking about him in the national media. So I feel like I have to give it but to Akil Badu. That... Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yep. Akil Badu, congratulations. No, I forgot about Adolis Garcia. Dang ah. it. I'm, I'm going to ride it. I'm going to give it to Akil Badu. I think he's okay, going to keep being clutch. I'm so sorry, Adolis Garcia. I, I scrolled past I'm your I'm going Adolis and Rogers. Write it down quick, Maddie. And I love that we didn't pick the same person. Yeah. And I love that we get to fight I took that some out. flyers, though. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So... Let's go ahead and get into our top 10 prospects of the week. Um, yeah. Peter, do you want yeah. to start or do you want me to start? Because I, I have, have really some good guys. absolute bangers. So you okay. go ahead. You go okay. ahead, please. Okay. 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 Prospect number one on wing list. Justin Fosky. <laughs> I was going to say wing nuts because that's what uh, Jake calls me, but I don't want to call myself wing nut. Okay. We start that Top. again because that can we name this segment something other than what you just started with that? What you just about to name it, please. Let's come up with a name so that you can feel comfortable saying something, a full word instead of starting a word and then just going on a tangent mid word. Like, not even mid sentence, mid word. You went from yeah, 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 wing yeah, yeah, yeah. and tried to pull it off like I wasn't going to pull a face. Like, like, I'm not listening. Like, see these? These, these are in. <laughs> they're in all right we're ready okay we're moving into our top 10 prospect <laughs> diving into our top 10 prospects of the week i'm gonna start this week because my guy went absolutely bonkers and i'm talking about justin foscue of the texas rangers their fifth prospect he's in high a He's a second baseman. What are you doing, Peter? Reading. Oh, okay. So Foscue was drafted 14th overall by the Rangers in 2020. Mississippi State guy, SEC guy. He's hitting 318, 11 home runs, 26 RBI. 
1120 OPS in 23 games. So he's having a great season mm. so far. He missed six weeks of the season with a, a rib injury, but he's having a good year. But Peter, this is where it gets good. Okay. Came back from his injury, July 11th. He has a seven game hitting streak. Okay. Reasonable. In that seven game hitting streak, he's hitting 533 with five doubles, eight home runs and 17 RBI. He took his average from 182 to 324 in that stretch. So he has homered in eight consecutive games. Holy Hit a home shit. run in eight straight games. And that was one of, of those was Thanks a multi- for coming in, everyone. That's, uh, that's the end of the show. Yeah. Holy one was a multi-home run game, but he has hit a home run in eight consecutive games. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. Is that, are we clapping that? Okay. Outstanding. My first guy, Travis Demerit. Demerit? Demerit. 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 Didn't he used to, he was in the Braves organization. Still is. is he still? Still okay. is. Okay. Yes. yes. So Demerit. this is why it's such a cool story, right? He's down in Gwinnett. Gwinnett. 30th overall pick in the 2013 draft by the Rangers. So he's been in the system for a while. This is his ninth season. He's still only 26 years old, right? I thought he was. I'm going I'm, I'm to get into the reason why I pointed all that later, but he hit three grand, grand slams in the last seven days. What? Yeah. For the season now, he's hitting 333, and he's not one for three or two for six. He's had 12 homers and six stolen bases, too. He's an outfielder. So I'm thinking that maybe he was just a late bloomer. He could end up being a late bloomer because it's, he's had 140 odd at bats this year. And he's hitting 333. So maybe he's figured something out. Maybe he's worked something. Um, Dude, back like four or five years ago, the Braves loved him. Like he yeah, was talked he was about huge. a ton. He yeah. was like, I, I mean, I guess it was before Acuna was such a big deal, but like that's right. the prospect that you would hear those guys talking about. So this is, we hear this a lot from Aussie guys. They come over here when they're young, 16, 17, 18, underdeveloped bodies because we don't play a lot of baseball. And we develop slowly over here because it's such a like it's, it's such a rude awakening for us that the workload increases so quickly for, for a lot of, especially when, when I first came over here. It's changed a bit now because we are up to speed with what it's going to be like in minor league baseball. So it's a little bit different. So my point is, with such young signings, often guys, international guys, don't get a lot of chance to prove themselves because they're costing a visa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a long flight big money now to get international players into the country. Um, so maybe it's an effect where he's just a late bloomer and he's going to, he's going to all of a sudden take off. He was a first round pick 30th overall pick in the 2013 draft. So he was multiple teams saw him as a, as an Uber prospect and maybe he's found something that's clicked in the last, last, well, this season, last couple of months. So yeah, I love Travis. That. I don't know why I thought he got traded and he played in Adelaide. In the ABL. So he's destined for greatness. Carry on. <laughs> okay. Next prospect, Kyle Isbell. He's in AAA for the Royals. Mm. You may have heard of him um, because he played in 12 big league games this season where he hit 265. <laughs> like, we'll take that. Most he was drafted third round in 2018 by the Royals. But when he had those games this year, that was his debut. He currently has a 13 game hitting streak. And he's sitting 324 in the month of July. In that 13-game hitting streak, though, he's sitting 415 with six doubles, two home runs, nine RBI, and 11 walks. 11 walks. And he's taken his average from 222 to 254. So he was down there. And he's it, he's climbing it back up. But 13-game um, hitting streak. Matty, did the minor league guys get an all-star break? Yes. They didn't get an all-star game, but they got an all-star no. break. Yeah. And there's no playoffs this year, right? Why would there not be playoffs? Did I read that somewhere that there's no minor league playoffs? Why would there not be playoffs? Because of COVID. I don't know. That's what they said. That they don't want to play a whole regular season and not have playoffs. I guess they can have it So because it's all planned. The regular season's planned, whereas there's so many moving parts when it gets to playoffs that they don't want to have to. They, I don't know. Am I drunk? No, no playoffs in the low levels. Rookie. Okay. That seems so pointless to me. Yeah, but it's better. Than I know last they year, need Kels. to develop. They didn't play last year, but like as a player, I'm like, man, we can play a regular season. I want to play in the postseason. Yeah. Okay. So they started the season with no playoffs. 
that's staying the same for the rookie leagues. But otherwise, we'll have a postseason best of five series for the three levels, which will start at the end of September. That's nice. Right. You're right. Good job. Different Peter. reactions. Different reactions there. The only reason I say that is because whatever the guys did in these All Star breaks, they've come back and they are feeling pretty good about themselves. Your turn. Okay. Jalen Ortiz, who was not drafted, he was a free agent signing out of the Dominican Republic. I'm going to do this a little bit differently. I'm going to go season first because what he's doing is pretty, pretty good. Okay. Okay. Season, he's hitting 260 with 18 jacks and an 875 OPS. For July, he's hitting 286 with 12 of said 18 jacks. Wow. And an 1100 OPS. In the last three games, he's six for 14 with five of those jacks and 11 RBIs in the last three games. So fair to say he has had a fairly good July and Mm. it's getting better for him. So I can't wait for August. August, baby. You in August, baby? June. Um, Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers. The Angels' top pitching prospect. He's in AAA. Um, Drafted 10th overall in 2020 out of Louisville. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 12 starts for our... Rocket City Trash Pandas. 12 starts in double A. He went two and four with a 350 ERA, 18 walks to 97 strikeouts over 54 innings. So the girl, I mean, the guy's like the girl, 97 strikeouts over 54 innings. That strikeout total led all of double A South and ranks first amongst Angels minor leaguers. He did make the futures game. So he was in Denver and he pitched in relief for the American League, and he struck out both hitters he faced. But the reason he is in our list this week is because he made his AAA debut after crushing it in AA and went six shutty in his AAA debut on 91 pitches. He had nine strikeouts, no walks. So now his season total strikeout is 106, second to only Glenn Otto for most in the minors. So AAA debut, six shutty. Let's go. Let's go. Congratulations. That's outstanding, Reed. This is, he's going to be a friend of the pod soon, no doubt. Uh, My third guy, Zach Veen. Sick name. Mm -hmm. He was also ninth overall pick in the 2020 draft by the Rockies. I also saw this kid take a few hacks against live pitching uh, prior to the season when I was just learning a lot about analytics and spin rates and effects Mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So I watched this kid hit live. He's got a really, really nice swing. He's in low A, the Fresno Grizzlies. Again, on the season, he's hitting 284 with 17 doubles and 11 home runs. In July... He's hitting 325 with nine home runs. He said, fuck the doubles. I'm just going straight homers with an 1100 OPS. So maybe he's found his power stroke. Maybe he's got mm-hmm. comfortable. He's, he's just figured, you know what? I'm just going to go drop him back shoulders and hit the yeah, yeah. So well yeah, done yes. to him. Well done to you, Zach Bean. Excellent name. Carries himself like a big leaguer. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. just say that. I don't know that that sounds like, but he does. He looks like a big leaguer when he rocks up. So some people don't. Okay. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, just like you. Oh, Peter. <laughs> Ronnie Mauricio for the Mets. He's in high A. He's a shortstop. He's 6'3", another tall shortstop. July 11th through the 22nd, he hit 425 with three doubles, two home runs, and 11 RBI. He took his batting average from 216 to 251. He had eight multi-hit games in that stretch. Um, and there was an athletic article by Tim Britton that just talked about how he used that downtime in 2020 to like completely reshape his body. Um, and they said that after hitting all of four home runs in more than 500 plate appearances at low a Columbia in 2019, he had 10 through his first 226 at bats this year. So wow. worked down the gym, got some power stroke, Peter got a hat. 425 in that stretch from July 11th to 22nd. Way to go, Ronnie Mauricio. He's like going to be a really big part of the Mets future. Maybe because they have Francisco Lindor at shortstop for the next decade. So maybe trade. I've spent most of the years since I retired transferring my body Mm -hmm. into what you see now too. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. I know what I know what he's going through. Yeah. Um, Mauricio, well done. Uh, I get to talk about a couple of Braves for the next mm. two guys. So this is going to be cool. One guy may not be a Brave for much longer, but uh, Drew Waters was mm. the 41st overall pick of the 2017 draft by the Braves. He is down in Gwinnett, where he has been talked about for years in trade talks. He has been talked about for years about being a top prospect. And I think the last couple of weeks, he's sort of ran into the baseball very, very well, especially the last three games. Season is hitting 256 with 15 doubles, eight home runs, and 27 RBIs. The last three games, he's got seven homers, and he's hit five of his eight home runs in the year this month. So that stroke that he's been trying to find, I think we found it. Uh, he went away with he went away with Team USA uh, a couple of years ago, and I was able to watch him play on a regular basis there. He's he's mm-hmm. dynamic in the outfield, really really good in the outfield, um, and I think the bat's starting to catch up too. So, so do you think the Braves are more op- the Braves are more open to trading him or Pache? I have no clue. The fact that they started the year with Pache makes me think that they'll probably give Pache more of a chance to, to prove himself maybe. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't have them all, right? Go Drew Waters. Been Go here Drew about Waters. him for a long time. Yeah. My final guy is Keybert Ruiz. He might be familiar to you. He is the Dodgers' number one overall prospect. He's in AAA. Um, but he did have a little, a little sip of sip of some coffee, six games with the Dodgers earlier this year. He hit 143. Okay. This is a guy who I feel like we could be talking about as a trade piece. Um, He, like I said, as a catcher, he's hitting 305 on the season, 16 home runs, 44 RBI. He's by far, not by far, but he is the the master in that um, OKC lineup for AAA for the Dodgers. He currently has a nine-game hit streak where he's hitting 375 with five doubles, four home runs, and 12 RBI. He had a three-home run game on Friday and a double that was nearly a home run, so he almost had four Mm. home runs. Um, He had a career high, five RBI. Um, It was his fourth multi-home run game of the season already. Um, his seventh of his career, and he has three consecutive games with a double, four doubles in the last five games. So this guy has some pop to him. He's mm. hitting for average, hitting 305. Um, he's a good catcher, but it's just been weird because that really hasn't been like a huge position of need this year, but he could be a trade piece with those numbers he's putting up at the plate as a catcher, especially. So that's the issue, right? Is that you, you very rarely trade for a young catcher to make an impact that year. Yeah. Young catchers are thrown in for future teams, not, not hey, we need to go get a young catcher to fill our lineup. No. Yeah. So um, he may be trade piece, but it may be them getting something rather than the team that he's going to wanting him to make an impact this year. Good point. Yeah. Thanks. Um, uh, my next guy. It's Keybert. Your next guy. Yep. My next guy. My man, Tuki Toussaint. Tuki! Love Another. this for him. Another amazing name. You want to talk about a guy that that has turned it around. He has had multiple cups of coffee in the big leagues. Starts out of the bullpen. Uh, He would have an amazing game where it's like, yes, he's found something. And then he would have a terrible game where he's out in two and two thirds, right? So it was very inconsistent. But since he's come back from injury this year, the two games that he's pitched and started for the Braves in obviously crucial times too for the Braves, six and two thirds, three hits, one run, five Ks against the Padres. And then his last start, he went seven innings, five hits, one run, 10 Ks against the Phillies. So and his pitch count, I think was pretty. Pitch counts below manageable. 100 each time. He's throwing strikes. I talked to him yesterday. I said, dude, what has happened? And he just said, look, it's just been a number of adjustments over a number of years and something's clicked. He's been working his ass off. Mm-hmm. And it seems to have been obviously, it's obviously working for him. I think he's confident. Yeah. I think he's going out there. He might've got to the point where he's just like, you know what? This could be my last crack. You know, like it's, it gets to that point where you've had multiple opportunities and you keep going up and down and injuries and all the rest of it. At some point, you're just like, man, I got to stop thinking and just throw it. Yeah. It, it seems to be working for him. And he seems to be having fun, which is obviously the massive key too. 
this is a game still. So yeah. the fact that he's enjoying himself and he's having success, I'm, I'm more power to you, Tuki. Outstanding. Yeah, I like Tuki a lot. I like him a he's lot. He's a good person. Um, and he's somebody who, like, I will always root for. And he has sleepy sauce. Like, he's he got some he got some swag to him. Okay. Those are our top 10 prospects of the week. Once again, curated by Maddie Mass and only Maddie Mass. And you won't find that anywhere else. Great job, Maddie. You yep. absolutely nailed it again. That was a again. good week. This was a, this was a lot of good information this week so far. So two more things to get to, and we'll get to them quickly because we know this has been a long episode and Maddie Mass's eyes and ears are probably bleeding, um, thinking how much he has to edit. We're doing it late too because of my yeah. fault. I was in Charleston. I told- Probably noticed from the tan. We mentioned earlier, Trevor. <laughs> Instant Hasselhoff vibes, though, right? <laughs> For audio only, Peter is slow mo running like he's on Baywatch. Don't know right. why he started that. We told you about the injuries earlier to Trevor Rogers and Jazz Chisholm. So Trevor Rogers, he was placed on the ten-day IL with lower back muscle spasms on Saturday. He said he felt it while throwing a bullpen session on Friday. So it, we have no clue the timeline on his return. So that's Trevor Rogers, who's hurt. Jazz Chisholm, also with the Marlins. His injury, he he was diving. He was trying to make an amazing play. It looked sick. Would have been yeah. so sick. And he hurt his shoulder. But the good news is, I mentioned it earlier, the injury is considered to be minor. He took ground balls on Thursday for the first time since the injury. Peter saw him on the mound somewhere. Just to... Just to- clarify he was on the bp foam not foam but probably fiberglass mound okay uh pretending to pitch so Mm. he wasn't throwing (laughs) a bullpen or anything like that (laughs) carry on he jazz chisholm did tell reporters that he expects to be back on the field um the marlins start their next homestand versus the yankees on the 30th that's the first game he's eligible to be activated. So his plan, their plan is to probably have him go on a rehab assignment when the Marlins are on the road for a two-game series versus the Orioles on Tuesday and Wednesday. Then hopefully our king is back. Ion Anderson played catch in Atlanta. Snit said his shoulder felt really good. He could throw off a mound soon and not miss much time. That's good for Ion Anderson and the Braves. And the Braves. Marco Luciano. For the Giants, he's the Giants' top prospect. Probably should be seen as a top 10 prospect in all of baseball to everyone. He hurt his shoulder, but he got pulled from a game, and um, nobody really knew what was going on. They thought he might have been traded. Um, There were talks that he was like trade rumors for a big-name pitcher, but they came out and said that uh, it's a minor shoulder discomfort, and um, he's day-to-day, and he didn't play Saturday or Sunday. So that's kind of like an – Interesting one, I guess. Hmm. Carlos Carrasco, this is just, Maddie didn't have this on the list, but Carlos Carrasco for the Mets, he's been tweeting about him all week, making rehab starts. I read that um, they think his next start could be in the Mets rotation. He would only be stretched out to go like four innings, but like, hey, come on back. That's so awesome. But obviously not for Braves fans. Mm -hmm. Well, Jacob deGrom is still hurt. So y'all are catching a break, not having to see him this five game series. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I do know what you mean. Is Cindergard coming back? Gosh, I feel like I've like can't remember the last time I saw him pitch. I feel like it's been years, years, years. Um, mm. Okay, Aussie lingo for the day, Peter Moylan. Okay, it's a very simple one today. It's just two simple letters: T A Ta Ta Ta. That is, um, yeah. Yeah, what? Like Ta. Ta means yes. Maddie? Ta's the name for uh, cows. Mm. As in milk producing specimen. <laughs> yep. Okay. No, that's incorrect. Ta, I thought it was worldwide because I use, I still to this day use it when I'm in Australia. It means thank you. And it's mainly used for little kids who can't say thank you yet. So they say uh-huh. ta. To learn how to say thank you. Yeah. I love this one. That's a yeah. good one. Thank you. So I can't say it as an adult? Absolutely you can. I still say it to Mandy or I say it around. I say it with puppies. I say it with little kids because they can't understand thank you or please. Say it in a or, sentence. Like you're pretend that I'm four. Hey, can I please have, give me the lollipop. Hand it up, ta, ta. 
ta, ta. There you go. See, look. Rather than saying thank you, thank you. Or it's like give it up or ta, thank you. Or you, yeah, so ta, ta, ta. And then my, all my kids would say it, except for Leilani because she spent the majority of the time here. But the two yeah. Australian girls who grew up in Australia, ta, ta, ta. I love that. I love that one. That might be one of my new favorites along with, uh, what was the Dinkle one? Funk and Dinkle. They're Dinkum. They're Dinkum. <laughs> but we can start our own. Maddie Mess. Hashtag Funk and Dinkle. <laughs> okay. Well, we know this episode was a longer one, but there really was a lot in the opener and there's a lot happening in the Rookie of the Year race. A lot of amazing performances from the prospects. So thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that you guys have a great week. Next week's episode, we will probably hit on um, a lot of the trades because the trade deadline's on Friday and introduce you guys to some prospects that are in your organization now. So thank you for listening. Farm on, farm often. We'll see you on Wednesday. I can't wait. It was fun to think to think to think.